0818-715-815. Hello, good afternoon, and you're very welcome to Liveline. Please take down these numbers. 51551 is the text number. 0818-715-815 is the uh, phone, call, phone number. And then joe at rt.ie is a simple email. Because we want you, in the next 75 minutes, given the time of year that's in it, given that people, a lot of people take up new hobbies at Christmas time, or started new hobbies over Christmas time, going back through the years. We want you to tell us about your unusual, fascinating hobby. And we want you to tell us in such a way that people will rush out and uh, take it up at this Christmas time when they get a break. And remember, hobbies are have been proven or proven to be very good for your mental health, very good for your uh, quietude, tranquility and basically getting out of your partner's hair or whatever for a few hours and uh, contemplating your model railway set or whatever. And so far we have a, a, a fascinating list. We're going to do campanology, car washes, don't ask me, CB radios, plastic modelling, uh, that's that's uh, pigeon racing, train sets, remote controlled racing cars, skull, skull collecting, uh, animal bone collecting, Bus and steam engines, tapestries, postcard challenges, plane spotting, pickleball and tightrope walking. That's just a few of them. Have you got another hobby that you'd like to uh, be uh, tell us about and what it means to you? Simon Adams. Simon, good afternoon. Hi, good afternoon, Joe. How are you? What is your hobby? Well, it's something of washing. Well, we're going to have to get a better line for a start, Simon. Hold on a sec there. Peter Brown, what is your hobby? I'm a bell ringer, Joe. Ah, off you go. Yeah. What, how, uh, when, where, why is it so good? Why is it so good? Yeah. Um, well, most most people going around hear bell ringing and they think it's on a machine. But we have uh, a number of uh, bell ringers in Ireland who devote their hobbies to ringing bells in churches and cathedrals. And how many many years have you been bell ringing? I first learned how to handle a bell in St. George's Church in Temple Street in 1958. That beautiful, beautiful church beside the Children's Hospital. Okay. Yeah, why why right, were yeah. you interested? Well, it, it simply was my parish church and we were in the Boys Brigade and uh, about 20 of us were brought up to Belfry on a Monday evening to have a look and, and so on. So we most of us stuck to it. How many campanologists are there, do you know, in Dublin, for example? How many bells can be rung by campanologists, apart from ones that are rung, rung by machines? Well, in St. Patrick's Cathedral, now where I ring, we have yeah. actually 15 bells, but because of semitones and things, we can ring 12 at any one time. Okay. Open Christchurch Cathedral, they have 16, and they can ring 16 in sequence, yeah. Okay, and what about just the Pro Cathedral? No, Bell, Pro Cathedral only has the one bell here uh, in the Angelus off. Yeah. And what about but, uh, and, uh, Andrew Street Church, where, where Shane's no, remains there's, there's stopped no, today as they were going up yeah, Western no, Road? The, uh, no, uh, there's no bells there. No, the bells of rings in Dublin are St. Patrick's Cathedral, Christchurch yeah. Cathedral, St. Audwin's Church in High Street, ah, John's Lane, John's Lane, and yeah. Christ Christ Church Taney out in Dundrum, yeah. Okay, so um, Marlborough, the Pro Cathedral has, has won the Nobel Prize because they've no bells. That's right, okay, yeah. But they have okay. the one bell that you, that you hear the Angelus rung on, yeah. Okay, and uh, yeah. that used to be the bell that the Angelus in RT Radio, when they ran, believe it or not, they ran a wire from the GPO across the, right. the roofs and dropped it into the Pro Cathedral mm-hmm. and they used to broadcast the Angelus live every day. That's okay. correct. What's, yeah, what, it's recorded now. So how long have you been bell ringing? Well, I first learned to handle a bell in St. George's Church in 1958. Wow. So wow. Um, I, I, I dropped it for a few years when they sent me off to boarding school and then okay. what I took do you, it back up what again do you love about it? What do you love about it? Well, I, I like the sound that we make, the music we make, um, mm-hmm. and the companionship of, of our other ringers. Because uh, most of the ringers that I'd be ringing with were together for 20, 30, 40 years. Thanks so enough. we're a kind of a, a little fellowship between us all. And is it, does it require a lot of skill, bell ringing? No, uh, it doesn't require no. much skill except training, which is learning how to handle the bell safely. 
my, my poor late mother used to say that bell ringing was for those who had no musical ability but wanted to make music. Is there a, a competition for bell ringers? <laughs> we do. Oh, there is. <laughs> we do indeed. We are indeed. Um, the Ireland is splitting, the island of Ireland, of which there's about 30 different towers, are split into three districts, north, east and south. Okay. And each of, each of those districts every March have a competition. And who's the current uh, bell-ringing champion, the campanologist? Unfortunately, we were picked by Christchurch last May. Only down the road from you. Yeah, that's only right, down yeah. the road. Okay, okay. Yeah, so that's it. So we, we were the, we were the previous holders up to that. Yeah. So how how can I take up bell ringing? Do I just watch out to, for vacancies? Well, ba- 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 basically, give me a call, or um, okay. well, what we we have a a part on the website. It's bell ringing at St Patrick's Cathedral, Dublin. And if you're interested and, uh, in bell ringing. And anybody does, if they send an email okay. into that, and if difficulty with the email address, if they look up the cathedral website, they'll get a link through to that. And can and a person, briefly, it, can a person, uh, Peter, can a person go in and see you bell ringing, see how it's done? Absolutely. Ab- ab- absolutely. Oh, that's yeah. brilliant. We, we, okay. we always welcome visitors. Great. See, well, our, our problem, Joe, is if you go into the cathedral, you're seeing the choir, you're hearing the yeah. organ, but the bells were 75 steps up the tower, so... Okay, but you do uh, allow people... We have to keep... The, yeah. Oh, we're always welcome visitors, oh, that's yeah, brilliant. very much so. Love to see that, yeah. yeah. Okay, that's yeah. bell so ringing. You'll be, be welcome any Sunday morning or afternoon, oh, Joe. Well, well, I love St. Patrick's Cathedral. It's one of the great uh, yeah. tranquil places in the country. Well done. And there's, as you say, you mentioned semitones, so there's light bells, heavy bells, middle bells... Yeah, okay. uh, basically in our ring of 12, our heaviest bell is 4,500 weight, which is wow. equivalent to um, 2,286 kilos. Wow. And the lightest would be down to about 700 weight. So, okay. we, yeah, we're, we're, our heaviest bell is in the scale of C, and then with the semitone okay. we can bring in But G if people contact you, they can, if they're interested, they can go in and see, have a look. Yeah. Okay. okay. Uh, yeah, absolutely. But well, we would email, just like them the to website. contact us yeah, first, of course. Oh, so we can arrange yeah. to meet them because on the website, you can understand yeah. if we don't want people going up the like tower that we don't know, know about. No, 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 because it can be a bit dangerous. Yeah. And yeah, we don't yeah. want to lock and anybody are you, in. Are you sick of puns when you tell people what you do? That rings a bell and that chimes with oh, me. Oh yeah, you get and all, give the, us, all the usual. Yeah. Give us a ring yeah. and all the carrying. Okay, Peter, give us a ring anytime, Peter. Peter Brown, bell ring. Simon Adams again, Carlo. Uh, be evangelical about your your hobby, which is car washes. Yes, it's a very interesting machine. How do they clean cars for, for people? Okay. Sometimes they do a good job. Sometimes they do a really bad job, and then yeah. you have to go to another petrol station to get another car wash. Thanks to that car, washing, you do a good job for your car. The yeah, first time out. Yeah, but what you don't you don't collect car washes. What do you do? I take pictures off it and ah. I, I stick them up onto my social media sites. And when and did... When, your line has gone again on me. When, when were you fascinated, first of all, by car washes? When I was uh, a young kid. A young child. Very young. Uncle. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my friend brought me to a car wash with my sister and we had a little partial car we had chocolate and a bottle of Coke each, and we were in the car wash, and we are having great crack, obviously. Mm-hmm. And at the at the end of the car wash, we wind down all the windows for the uh, dryers to oh, glasses okay. with the air. Very Should, good fun. Okay, so how many car washes have you photographed, Simon? I say over uh, 120, I'd say. Oh, good man. And, um... Have you where where is the best car wash in Ireland? You, you seem to know a lot about them in, ter- in terms of what works and doesn't. Oh, that's a tricky. Can I take a fifty-fifty? Yeah, you can go fifty-fifty. Yeah. Um, pick, I pick don't two know of them. exactly. Well, sometimes there's good ones. Sometimes there are bad ones around the area. So if you okay. see them, right, like are they brand new? Are they used much? Are they are they crap? Are they yeah, where where are where are car washes built? Where did they come? They're built in factories. I know. Built in factories in where? Germany. Germany, okay. Around around the world, basically, some in okay. different towns. 
Okay, and you have your website with the photographs of the car washes? I don't have that yet, unfortunately, okay. Joe. Well, send us, send us, okay, send us in a few photographs and we'll... Um, We'll 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 tweet them anyway. By the way, have you have have you any other hobbies, unusual hobbies? Uh, uh, plane spotting, also. Okay, a lot of people do that. What about? I see here you collect keys. Yes, I'm a key collector. Okay, I'm I collect. I I I, <laughs> uh, over, I say over a thousand. I'd say. Good man. What about key rings? Any key rings, any keys, basically. So Even if any, car keys. So if anyone has an old set of keys. They can give it to me, yeah, no problem. Okay. And I'd be happy to put them onto my keys. Okay, we'll send them Very to us and we, we'll pass them on to you as a Christmas present. You're in, are you into train spotting? I'm also into, into yeah. trains as well, yeah. And what, just, very, ju- very just briefly, Simon, because you sound like no fault of yours that you're in a car wash at the minute. What, um, what, what, what is the benefits of having a hobby like the hobbies you have? It's get you out of the house for a couple of hours, yeah. first of all, number into one. Into the car wash, Second, yeah. Second of all, a bit of a bit of fresh air for your lungs. Yeah, great. And thirdly, you will uh, have fun with it. Great, and you take s- pictures off it. Exactly. And do you do you sit at home and study the different car washes when you photograph? Them? I do. Yeah. yeah. I I sometimes do. I sometimes uh, go onto YouTube about these videos. Uh, Different commentaries about it on YouTube. Okay, okay. I, Very do, interesting. Do you think you're the only one in Ireland, Simon Adams, with the hobby of collecting car- photographs of car washes? I think I am. Okay, we'll probably the number one. We'll, we'll, <laughs> find, we'll find out soon enough. Okay, Simon Adams, he's looking for. Now, do you want keys? Do you want keys that are 100 years old? Uh, anything like that, anything. If, if, if it's rusty, whatever, no problem whatsoever, I'd have to take them off, off your hands, guys. Okay, okay. Okay, that's uh, Simon it, Adams. It, it, well done, Simon. We'll, we'll get your details out there. Jo- Kyle Hamilton, your hobbies, please. Joe at rt.ie, 51551 uh, uh, text. Kyle, what is your. Uh, 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 oh, I'll see it now. What is. Will you, will you, will you uh, break, break this news to a, a, a waiting nation? What is your hobby yeah so i collect bones and i make art from the bones art from uh, the so bones these are animal bones yeah animal bones so i walk the hills and the woods and uh when i see a, a dead animal i pick it up i bring it home and go through the process of cleaning and degreasing mm-hmm. and whitening and all of those things and then you know, i make you, art from it and you wouldn't just go to the butchers and say give us well, the butchers wouldn't have foxes and they wouldn't have rabbits. Okay. I doubt they'd have the skulls, actually. Well, but I haven't mm. tried. <laughs> skulls, skulls. Skulls are particularly nice. And have you any idea, Kyle, when you, when and why you decided to collect animal <laughs> bones as a hobby? Um, well, I'm an artist, so okay, um, brilliant. whenever I'm sort of walking around, I'm always looking at things and I'm always imagining things, kind of. Mm-hmm. coming to life and um so yeah so on my walks um when i see something i i pick it up and i i make of it whatever comes to my imagination you know and can can you um, can you identify bones one and animals too um Do you follow me somewhat yeah so you mean if i only had bones could i identify which yeah, when you see when you from? see a bone in the wicklow mount is lying on the ground so to speak do you know oh, do you know if it's a fox a sheep a rabbit a cow <laughs> so typically in the wicklow mountains those would be deer bones like you wouldn't okay you wouldn't usually find other animal bones but at least i haven't like deer are very mm-hmm. common you'd find those kind of lying around in the woods but i would pick up the animal so the animal is quite still whole at this stage okay, and, and okay. a lot of times I get them at the side of the road so you get a lot yeah, of foxes road kill, yeah, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> rabbits I've gotten an otter um, yeah and lots the, of rabbits foxes and do you, put on, do you put on a pair of marigold gloves before what about disease <laughs> <laughs> um, well yeah I do I do wear gloves um, it, it, it the decay has you know, progressed, then definitely mm-hmm. you want to wear gloves and, and a mask sometimes, um, depending on the state that it's in. Like, Okay, um, so yeah. what's your favourite bone? 
Okay, so my favorite bone mm-hmm. is a bone that people don't have, and only some mammals have, okay. and only the male species of the animal has it. Mm-hmm. So it's called the baculum bone. The baculum. That's correct. And where is that located? It, it's, a, it's exactly what you think it is. It's only the boys that have them. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, but yeah. But boys, boys, we, we, the, the, the male... Of the species, the male, the, of, of the yeah, human, correct, doesn't yeah. doesn't have a, a yeah, humans. Humans don't have them, no. So certain animals have so, p- have bones in their penis. Correct. Yeah. So Such foxes as, would have them. Canids, canids. Well, so any fox, dog, you know, wolf. Um, I think whales have them. Hooved animals don't have them, so cows wouldn't have them. Okay. Um, yeah. And why don't we have them? I think we did at some stage, and uh, yeah, they became obsolete. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then, <laughs> what <do> you, <laughs> we think we have something. How do we get onto this topic? Um, so, well, it so, is my favorite bone. I like wearing it. You know, it's a great conversation starter. <laughs> okay, what's that around your neck? Yes, and um, what are you working on at the minute with the bones? Um, so right now, I actually just started a business. So I've registered oh, well a business done. for uh, making jewellery. Okay. Um, so I have a website, which you have. I can also give you the URL if you like, um, that has all the art and the jewellery. And then it has a link to the shop as well. Yeah, we'll put all this um, up on it. It's an unusual name on your website, but we'll put, we'll put it up. So actually, there's a there's a there's an easier one. So it's just kyle-hamilton.com. And it'll redirect you to the one that you have there. Kyle-Hamilton.com. Okay. Correct, yeah. Okay. And what is your what is your favourite piece you've ever made or the one that got most reaction, most positive reaction? Um, so, apart from the jewellery, so I have a piece called Miss Rabbit, and that was actually my first one. Yeah. So this is a a, a sculpture that's about four feet tall, so it's made partially from the rabbit bones. It's got the skull. It's got a spine, partial spine. Uh, the body is made of beeswax and gauze. Mm-hmm. And it's all kind of, she's sort of standing yeah, and she's holding the little bones of the fetus in her hands. Okay. And she's sort of watching over her little okay. baby bones. Wow. So you went to art school in New York, the Cooper Union, and all well, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, were, you were Polish, is that correct? You you moved to the States yep. when you were ten. Yep. And your your yep. mother and father are are high flyers, to say the least. <laughs> well, it seems my whole immediate family are PhDs. <laughs> so my <laughs> and I'm just catching up with them myself. Um, yeah, so my father's a mathematician, my mother's a mathematician. Um, he is that a figures, professor yeah. at Rutgers University. She mm-hmm. uh, stopped working when we moved to the States. Okay, your sister is director of a third level college in California. Yeah, Keck Institute, which is. Um, oh, yeah. I think affiliated with Caltech. I'm not sure exactly. Yeah. And uh, how, are you, how are you doing academically, Kyle? <laughs> <laughs> I took the long path. I took the long road. I I started out making art, you know, and I got an art degree in in 1994. Um, And, you you know, you can't make a living making art most of the time. It's quite rare. um, So, yeah, so so I went into graphic design and and web design, and then I kind of went into web development. So then I decided to, I'm going to get a computer science degree um, and do proper, you know, software engineering. So I did that. Um, I got bored. I went and I did a data science master's in Berkeley. Um, That was really fun. I ended up teaching at Berkeley for another four years. Uh, I taught machine learning at scale. So these are like distributed systems. So doing, you know, machine learning on clusters of computers in the cloud. Oh, yeah, you're catching Um, it. It's just I yeah, feel I you uh, see I've, now I've, I'm doing a PhD. <laughs> but I feel I feel for your parents, you know, when somebody meets them up 
Professor, Professor Hamilton, yes, and then, I uh, don't know your mother, Professor uh, Mrs. Hamilton, I don't know her, her uh, maiden name. Uh, wh- wh- how are your children getting on? Well, one of our, one of our children is director oh, of a college, have... and another, another of our ch- uh, children, Kyle, uh, she's uh, living in Ireland, and what does she do? And she collects bones. Well, and I'm trying desperately to finish my PhD okay, in AI. Well done. So, well done. Yeah. Okay, we'll put out your website. And, um, Thank you. I don't know. And then, then if God forbid, someone asked Professor Professor Hamilton, what type of bones? What is your daughter's favourite bone? I presume he he goes back to to his Sudoku or something and doesn't answer the question. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, one back to your bones. Get back to your bones. And we put Thank up, you we put up your website, nice Kyle. Yeah, likewise, Kyle Hamilton collects bones. Maraid, Maraid. Yes. Quick, tell me Hello, what's Joe. what's your hobby? Well, we have recently discovered pickleball. What is pickleball? Well, pickleball. <laughs> why should I take it up? Why should anyone take it up as a hobby? What is it? In twelve words well, or fewer. Yeah, it's a it's a kind of a, a mix between tennis, badminton, and ping pong. Um, it fits okay. on any community centre floor. Like uh, every rural community almost yeah. has, a, a, you know, a community centre. Yeah. yeah. So it's played on a badminton-sized court. It has a low net, like a tennis net. Okay. Uh, you play with a, a paddle and a whistle ball. You know, it's the size of a tennis ball, but it's okay. got holes in it. And uh, it, four people play at a time. It's very sociable. Okay. And, you know, for the likes of myself who, you know, retired and you know to get me up off the sofa and to move and also to socialize it's great fun we we have great laughs every time and we've got to know a whole lot, lot of new people you know it's a today okay. here it's lashing rain and blowing wind and it's a perfect day for pickleball because and where, where do i get the equipment for, where do i get the equipment for pickleball well, Where you can get it um, there's, online. There's a couple of websites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Celtic Pickleball in Donegal is one, but there's a number of different um, websites you can look for on online, and you'll have it in a, a day or two. It's very cheap to set it up. That's what I was going like, to ask you. Thank you very much. Our yeah. centre paid five hundred euro, and we were set up with eight paddles, a net, and all the balls we needed, and that's okay. all you need: a comfortable clothes and a pair of court shoes and. That's all you need. Two euros to pay for the light. And and, and, and brilliant. And how many how many have you got? How many pickleball courts are there now in your area? Well, we started in Lacanvey, which is a single court community centre. Yeah. We went to Lewisburg, which is the town hall. They have one court there. In Westport, we have Bryce College Gym, which is four courts. In Newport, we recently wow. opened a three court hall, and it's gone to Coron in Ackle. So we, it's spreading around here. Like and are there, video, sorry, are there teams, Murray, that go around playing? It's a competitive. It can be, but we don't need it to be competitive. Okay. Like we, we uh, just enjoy bashing around and all age you know, groups to get the, safe. Yeah, it's ideal for seniors because yeah. it's one third of the size of a tennis court, so you don't have all the running to oh, do. Okay. So what and do you what do you love about pickleball? Well, I love uh, I love the the friendships. You know, a lot yeah, of people yeah. around here with holiday homes have got involved in pickleball and now we know them where you know they were coming and going for years and you know we didn't know them at all so they're all members of our club now as well as all the local people uh we have laughs we we're moving we're you know our hand-eye coordination our balance Great. and agility our fitness you know all of that can it's i can i accidentally well can i accidentally get a smack of a paddle Mairead? Uh, not so much the paddle as the ball. Oh, you might ball? get an outwhack of the ball. But oh. the ball is lightweight. It's not. Okay. Now, unless you get a real close-up, you know, full-on bang. But we've had no injuries in okay. ours so far. So go on, Google or, or YouTube or whatever you want to do. Google pickleball. See what you yeah, think of it. Yeah, there's a body called Pickleball Ireland. Um, oh, and they'll tell you. Like, uh, pickleball Ireland. And pickleball Ireland, yeah. Um, Multifarnham is kind of the, the capital, I think, in Ireland. Oh, is it? Multifarnham. There, there are pockets of it all over the world, or oh. over the country. And where did it, it originate? Is, well, I think originally it started off in Seattle. It was invented um, by hmm. some families in Seattle. And it has is, it is really like spread around America. It's in Canada. It's in Australia. Okay. Um, and UK. Would, would it ever become kind of a competitive Olympic sport? Well, it is, there are professional pickleball players in America now. Oh. 
Yeah, how there's money I, in it. How did I get to this age not, not being aware of that? There are professional <laughs> pickleball players. Okay. There are. Okay, yeah, guys. Go good. on YouTube and you'll yeah, see I them. Will, I will, I will. I can't yeah. wait. And to say, you're very, you, you've sold it, Mairead. You've sold it to me. I'm going to look it good, up. Yes, good. you have. Okay, that's we'll Mairead. Watch out for the surge. Mairead, <laughs> Mairead, <laughs> Mairead and Mayo. Joe at RT.ie. Quickly, your hobbies, please. Jamie Daly. Jamie, thanks for contacting us. Jamie, what's your hobby? My hobby, Joe, is uh, amateur radio, uh, Ham Radio Ireland, uh, Joe, and it's uh, it's also known as Ham Radio is used for radio frequencies for the purpose of non-commercial exchange of messages, wireless wow. experimentation, self-training, private chatting to other hams, friends, DXing, contacting operators from long distance, yeah. as to being used to establish communication from areas in conflict, major disasters, and so on, Joe. Brilliant. And and tell us, Jamie, are you? Have you? What do I need? Do, do I need a separate shed or shomra or whatever to set you, up my? You do. You need. You need a shack. That's what it's called. A shack, Joe. Oh, and shack. You need, okay. It needs to be away. It needs to be away from all background noise and and like um, uh, things that will interfere with your frequency or your setting up of your 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 shack. It has to be uh, like outside of your house. If you get me. Okay. Uh, to, to get good communication, get good signal back, because the part of amateur radio is that you put you put out a CQ call, that's yeah. the call for anybody, okay. uh, Joe, and then when the whoever comes back to you, it could be Africa, it could be Australia, it could yeah, be New okay. Zealand, um, but whoever comes back to you, you get their call sign, you give them their signal report, which yeah. is vital in the hobby, and you get the time. You're exact. You have to get the time right for your logbook. Because if you don't mm. match up the time with the logbook, Joe, you would the, conf- the, the the contact won't be confirmed. Okay. If you get me. So and, and it's is one it, of the best experiences and hobbies that any any anybody could ever get into. Because since I got my license, it's just after opening up a whole new door mm. to radio, to the radio world, uh, Joe. And how, how how often do you go down to your shack, Jamie? Um, like I now, I'm after an hour. I don't know, Joe. I give it two hours in the evening, every evening. Good I used lad. to be, I used, I used to be, like my main interest in the hobby is the radios, obviously, obviously, but making the aerials to to match wow. the frequencies, getting the good readings from from the aerials off from the SWRs that you 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 have to use mm-hmm. before you set up the aerials and all that, Joe. So the the, the hobby itself, it's it's phenomenal to me. And it's one of the best experiences that I ever got in my life uh, to operate radios um, and make contact with people from all over the world. And Jamie, do you know how you first tweaked your interest, how you first got interested in this whole area? I do, Joe, I do. And it, I, yeah. it's going back over 15, 20 years ago, Joe. Okay. I, bought, um, I bought a handheld radio and before I knew of any... Um, licensing or you need or, or any frequencies or, or anything like that. I was messing around with the handheld. I thought it was only a walkie-talkie. And yeah. I was messing around with it and people started speaking on it. And I spoke back and then it was explained to me that this is a licensed frequency. You cannot operate a licensed frequency um, okay. until you have a license. So that man that, 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 that said that to me put me on the right road to getting the license. Brilliant. And so then I went... Yeah. Then I went from, then I went from. I was the very first class of the lockdown uh, on the, mm-hmm. the Zoom meetings for the IRTS's SWL uh, shortwave listeners club. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I that's where my basic starting point was was at in that club, and it just took it took like it took me a long time to get the exam, but and, and to get it right. But from there on, it just it opened my mind to a whole different expect expect out of the radio world. And have you made friends through with Jamie around yeah, the world? Loads, yeah, loads. Like you're talking, I'm out making friends in Bulgaria. Uh, I'm out making friends in England, um, Germany, Brazil, France. You know, it's a hobby that any young. Uh, uh, upcoming uh, youths should take interest in because it fulfills your whole day for what you have to do and get set up and on ja- the hobby. And Jamie, um, does it cost, is it expensive to get started, the equipment? 
Yeah, Joe, it is. It, 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 it costs a few pounds for, for the radios, mm. but I, I was just a lucky one, Joe, and I, to, I entered raffles on Facebook and I won. Do you know? Okay. So okay. my first radio, I won, yes. I won, I won, I, and I won four of them, didn't I, after that? Great, great. And, yeah, and, and, and you, you know, what's, can I ask you what your call sign is? Uh, you can. My call sign is Echo India 5, Juliet Lima Bravo. Okay, give me your five. And my SWL call sign was Echo India 1758. Okay. Where you can't use the Echo India uh, Echo India 1758 on the bands because it's an SWL call sign. Okay. It's only for okay. listening. Okay, so yeah. e- Echo India 5, Julia Lieber Brava. Thank you very much, Jamie Daly. Again, Evangelical Ham Radio, look it up. Jamie Ham absolutely Burley. loves it. CB Radio. And, Ham Radio, CB Radio, and High Frequency Radio. And Jamie, and Jamie Ham Radio, Orland Joe. Uh, Jamie, where are you from? I'm from originally from a small little place. Well, it's not a small little place in Cork. I'm originally from Collins's Barracks then. Okay. But now I'm living in 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 a, in a lovely little town called Flamel. With your wife and the kids. Good man. Um, Good know? man. Good man. Because Jamie, the reason I'm saying your 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 beautiful beautiful accent and voice reminds me of our great friend Frank Toomey. People know Frank Toomey going way back from Bosco on the television, an yes, actor yes, him I and do. you know I Frank, do. and he's on, he's been on Funny Friday with us for years doing Mary. He has. He has. The great Mary O'Rourke, and he then he was doing the Healy Rays up to a few weeks ago. Well, Frank is uh, is is having his health challenges at the minute, and he's in. Right. The University College Hospital in Cork and I just want Frank oh, yes. and Breed and his family to know that we're all thinking of him and, uh, yeah, if and I hope he gets well he will and if, if people are sending a Christmas card and they remember Bosco and they remember Frank Toomey send it to f- Frank Toomey bah, bah. Frank Toomey Wilton Hospital in Cork ok Jamie good to meet a mark get back out to the shack back to the shack back to the shack good old Jamie uh, thank, back thank you ja- Jamie thank Daly you. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Sell your fascinating hobbies to uh, our listeners, please. Angela Lee. Angela has contacted us. Angela, tell us about your unusual hobby. Hello, Joe. How are you? I do decoupage. What? Decoupage is the art of putting... Uh, images on any kind of item. You can do it on furniture, mm-hmm. fabric, clothes, but I do it on stones. Yeah. Um, and I give them away. I've been doing it all during COVID. So. I have a tree outside my house yeah. and I decoupage stones and put them out there and people come and take them. And what, what materials do you use to paint the stones? Oh, I just use ordinary paint and then I use well, paper napkins. Well, do you, do you use oil paint, I presume? It has to be waterproof or something. No, no, I just use acrylic paint because I seal them afterwards. Oh, you I seal, seal them, them, do you? A, a varnish. A, a varnish, well done. And what do you paint? Images or landscapes or portraits or. Everything. I put fairies, flowers, yeah. superstars, Elvis Presley, Marilyn Monroe, Frida Kahlo. Anything and everything. And people can come. People come along and they can take them. Yes, during COVID, it started off. Yeah. I just started putting them out and seeing what happened, and okay. they disappeared. <laughs> and then I got caught putting them out one night. Yeah. And one of my neighbours was. People thought you were stone. You were stone mad. Lady. Yeah, yeah, it's a stone yes, lady. Well, I probably am. Yeah. Okay, brilliant, brilliant. So, that's what happened. And what, and do you, what do you love about it? Because anyone can do it. What do you love about it? I love that I've had neighbours, men, some of the men in the, the neighbourhood have started doing it themselves. Okay. Children have started doing it. I've had, I've made friends all over, well, from Belgium, from Canada. I've okay. actually met those people. Uh, and is it, it, is a, it is a worldwide hobby. Oh, absolutely. And yes, is there a, yes. de, a decoupage website or... Well, you can. How I learned how to do it was from YouTube. Yeah, of course, everything is from YouTube. YouTube tutorials, yeah. and started doing it there. But now I, I sometimes teach for the women's shed in Sorge. Well I done. give them a class every now and again. And Angela is part of the hobby, actually leaving them out to be taken by strangers. I just love the idea. I used to put them out on a yeah. little tray. 
yeah. during COVID. And people, of course, couldn't do anything else except maybe walk or whatever. So yeah. I'd sit and I'd watch and the kids from up the road, they'd get off from school, their grandparents would let them off and they'd run down to see what was at the tree. Wow. And then I was getting letters from people who didn't know me personally, but just mm-hmm. knew that I was doing the stones, saying that it brightened up their day when they go for a walk and... Yeah, so I'm, I don't know how many stones. Then children were bringing stones to me because I stopped putting them out for a while. I had no stones. Okay. So children were <laughs> gathering stones and leaving them at the tree for me and sticking pictures on the tree and thank you. And kids were, it, it was lovely. It was lovely. It says, it says decoupage is one of the most satisfying crafts around. It's a craft, isn't it? Oh, it is. Yeah. You can decoupage on anything. Anything. I decoupage shoes, furniture. Yeah fabric, uh, straw hats, straw handbags, anything really. I, if, I could, if it stands still long enough, I'll decoupage it. Well done, well done. Is it expensive? To, no, it's not. Is it, acrylic paint no. is fairly reasonable, yeah. No, no, no. I get the little tester pots paint and yeah. napkins. I have thousands of napkins. And does the napkin give you a different impression every time? Is that what you do? You you pay. Well, you buy a packet of napkins, so what we do is we share the napkins around. I'll buy a packet and three or four of my friends that do decoupage as well. I give them some of mine and they give me some of theirs, so we swap them. It's like years ago where we used to have fancy paper. Okay, well done. Okay, it's called decoupage. Your your house, I'm told, is called Take, Take a Stone Tree. I'm on Google Maps. My daughter <laughs> one day arrived up. This is true. She came in. She said, "Ma'am, you're not going to believe it. You're on, you're on Google Maps." I said, "Don't be ridiculous. I'm not." So we googled it, and here yeah. outside my house, it's called Take a Stone Tree. Isn't that brilliant? Well done. No, okay, you and you love it, and it's relaxing, and it's rewarding, and it's it's relatively cheap to start as a hobby, and stones are everywhere. It's easy, easy to do. I do it on shelves and I do it on all sorts. It's just a, a, an easy, an easy little hobby to do, and it's chewing gum for the brain. But well I love done. it. Well done, well done. That's that's great. Yeah, you are on Google Maps. I'm told. Take a stone yeah. tree. Okay, well done, Angela Lee, uh, Joe Moore, and Joe. What's your hobby? Joe, my hobby is modelling, classic modelling. Ah. Um, there's a very, very strong group uh, in Ireland now making plastic models of everything from ships to science fiction mm-hmm. to aircraft to tanks, submarines, you name it. And how did you get started? Interesting. So I was about eight and my brothers, my two elder brothers were into modelling, making ships. And uh, that's how I got into it. I bought my first model when I was about eight years old, a Fokker triplane, belonged okay. to Airfix. Airfix model. Okay, now, what, 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 do you, what do you like about it? What are the benefits in terms of well, your... It, it's, it's great for mental health. It's been proven okay. to improve mental health and well-being. It's very calming. Um, it also in, in, in involves you into research on the subject you're making. Brilliant. But you can make a model in many different ways. Children can make a model. They see the model, they make the model, and they get the fun out of making the model. The more you grow into it, the more you research what you're building, you get involved mm-hmm. in history, you get involved in the people who are actually using wow. that particular aircraft or tank or ship, what happened to it, where it went. So, you, you know, you, you, you get yourself involved in history. One of your researchers was telling me that um, his son is, in, is learning about World War I history and he wants to make World War I models as a result of that. Wow, great. And what do you do with all your models, your plastic models? <laughs> That's a very good question, Joe. I've been giving them to one of the local um, charity shops to sell them once okay. I more or less finish with them. So they're not all hanging but, from your bedroom ceiling? No, that was a bit when I was about 13 or 14. Ah, yes. OK. okay. And then you okay. discover girls and all of a sudden models yeah. out the window. But it's a solitary process. It's very, you have to be, you have to concentrate, good eyesight. Yeah. And be organised. Very. And but it's not solitary in that sense is because we have, uh, we're, we're part of IPMS Ireland, which is the International Plastic Modelling Society, okay. which is a worldwide uh, organisation. And we're the Irish branch and we have a couple of chapters. We have one in Dublin, which caters for most of Leinster. Okay. We have a meeting in the lab in Foley Street on the third Saturday of every month, which everybody is welcome to attend. 
you'd have 25, 35 people in there showing what they've made recently. Super. Asking questions about how somebody else made a model. How did you do this? What did you do there? And it's a, a general get-together. And how long would it and take you to make a model fucker triplane, for um, example? Uh, about four to six weeks, Joe. Wow. By the time you research it and... Wow. You know, you've, you've got other things to do as well. So if I make 12 good models a year, I'm happy. But, you know, children will make a model. I, I made models in a day when I was younger. Yeah, and I, I'm not and too sure if you ever tried the hobby out yourself. You may have. No, I collect model fire engines. I collect model fire engines. Oh, uh, well, now that's, some that's, people make model fire engines. Oh, do they? Very good. Very good. Well, I collect There are them. model fire engines yeah, available and I, I from find it very, when you're fed up or whatever, you just sit there and get out a brush and, and clean them and play with them and just arrange them on the, and, and they're not toys. I just say to they're children, toys, not, not say to children no, coming to my house, do not go near my model. That's all they have. That's all they're told. I run <laughs> them. Do not yeah. go near my so model we, fire engines. Okay. We, we um, have a national championship um, every year what's for the, models all around Ireland, both what, north and south. What's the greatest number of parts you've ever used in making a model? Do you follow me? Uh, I don't know, 100 plus. Okay. Okay. But, and um, p- people can contact the Irish branch of the International Plastic Modeler Society. You can visit us on www.ipmsireland.com. Okay. You can go to IPM, the email okay. at ipmsireland at gmail.com. Great. IPMS. IPMS. Okay, yeah. that's what to remember. Okay, Joe, um, well well done. I want to go to Michael there, Fiend. There's one thing, Joe. Yes, yes. Santa Claus coming along. Yes. Great it's idea. It's advisable, you know, to, if Santa Claus doesn't bring the biggest model the younger modelers because it can get very fed up if you've got a young model very good idea very good idea a couple hundred parts he's going to lose interest we'd be better off if Santi bought a couple of smaller models soon brilliant a brilliant way to start a great idea in the few weeks that's and, in it so we're on Facebook as well Joe if you search on Facebook okay. or Twitter X, uh, I, or Instagram and okay. just search and you'll well, find us well done Joe well done Michael Feeney Michael what's Joe, your you? what's your hobby oh I'm in uh, pigeon racing still here in Ireland trying to boost the international racing pigeon scene on top of what we have nationally here in Ireland. So it's a it's a long-time hobby of mine from growing up. Got it from my father um, and always wanted to race the big international races uh, myself. So the big, the be-all and end-all will be the Barcelona International against the other countries in Europe. Yeah. Only 915 miles from my home in Kulak. And uh, yeah, just pushing it, pushing it all the way around the country Trying to encourage more fellas to have a go. Uh, so, sorry, a pigeon can fly 915 miles. They fly much further. There are fellas race from Romania out of the likes of Lisbon and Portugal, 2,000 kilometres, so about 1,400 uh, miles. So they do do that like so. But it's never been done into Ireland in the international scene. Pigeons have never been clocked in race time into the international. But they have, they've flown from Rome into Ireland before. Wow. They have it back in the 60s. There was, there was a couple of what times. Do you love about, what flew, do you love about pigeon keeping and pigeon lofts uh, and looking racing? And it's the selective breeding process, trying to breed better than what you have. So okay. you go out and you buy, when, when I go out to look for stock, I always, bu- I always bring in children of performance boards that have really done well, usually from Barcelona itself into the UK mostly. They would be the ones I'd be after, their children, or them if I can get my hands on them. Um, and even to try and encourage that in Ireland here, mm-hmm. I've, I've built up a network down, like a big thank you to the likes of the Dunny Kearney Racing Pigeon Club. They've been very supportive with all of what I've been doing by allowing me to use our facilities when we have been marking stations for marking pigeons to go to races with the UK clubs. Um, again, the, the Blackwater Pigeon Club down in Wexford. We have the Harmony Pigeon Club up the north of Ireland. There's another one, and then a couple of contacts around that the country. A... That for anybody who wants to ferry pigeons over, I've kind of been organising everything to try and get that up and running, and then set up another establishment, 32 counties, international pigeon racing, to try and encourage international racing against international competition well into done. Ireland, like to try to try and compete and win and, and get up into the results internationally. Yeah, and as pigeon fancying, is the interest in it going up or down? Like, how did you well, manage? How did you manage in COVID? Well, it was, it was allowed through COVID. There was, course, there was yeah. a short stop on the fo- in the fourth season. Fourth, when COVID hit initially, there was a stop for about six weeks till all processes and protocols could be put in place for lads to actually be able to go and mark their pigeons. There was a limited number of people going into okay. their pigeon clubs to actually mark them, and then obviously the, the racing went ahead. 
again, following guidelines that were put out there, that's exactly what happened. Like anybody else, if you have to run something, you have to run it following the guidelines that were available at the time, you know. Okay. Um, and for, for me, like, I, I got into the international scene, I started writing articles years ago, uh, My Barcelona mm-hmm. Dream. That's, that's the be-all and end-all. Okay. But there's Paul, okay. with my, my, my plan for next year is to try and compete in the Paul International in southern France there and that would be against probably up to upwards of 18 well, to 20 maybe 25 well, Michael, is, 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 is it a full time hobby finally is it full time no no okay. it's not full time I, I get up in the, I, like it's winter time now so you're really just feeding the boards looking after them making sure they're healthy you know ready for breeding mm-hmm. a lot of fellas have already started breeding for next season I'll start breeding for, well, I, well I, I don't breed young boards for racing preferably myself but I will breed wow. to give the boards a, a love of home, okay. and I will farm okay. those those babies out next year. You know, and it's it's it's, it's fantastic. Sounds it's an absolutely it's brilliant hobby. You've to sold watch it. Pigeons so- come home from international races, from even racing from the UK into Ireland Just to actually it. sit there, or France into Ireland, to sit there all day for days on end, wait for them to actually turn up, and they wow. they just come, and you can nearly time their arrivals. And what? It's does fantastic. It's a buzz. It's a bit, a bit, B. I say you bring it, sometimes we might even bring it here to your eye, Michael, seeing your pigeon. Ah, look, I, 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 I got one pigeon from Guernsey a couple of years back, breaking right. with the British International Championship Club. I joined the UK club to get well forward done. at and uh, it's just, it's just, a, it's, it's, it's brilliant. It's, it's like everything else. It's, if you have that interest in it and yeah, you want great, it, great. it's something to do. And I'm trying to push a different perspective to what's actually available here in Ireland. Trying okay. to carry on the international scene. Well done. Well done. And we we'll, we'll get all your details up, but you're relatively easy to find. That's Michael Feeney. No, right? I mean, I'm very, Mike, I'm very easy to find. Very okay. easy to find. Okay, Michael Feeney. Thanks indeed. That's really enthusiastic. Joe at rt.ie with your hobby, please sell it. Talk sell to it. Joe on o. 818-715-815 Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815 Hobbies please, your hobbies uh, Joe at RT.ie Jerry Mooney, you'll see Jerry Mooney's name in most and a lot of newspapers every single day because he's uh, one of our best uh, press photographers in the country Jerry, what is your hobby? Joe, good afternoon. Uh, yes, uh, <laughs> a, a bit of a different uh, yes. pastime from, from the day job. Yes, yeah, I have a uh, a preserved uh, 1960 double-decker bus, a CIE Dublin bus. Wow. And yes, what is... Um, so that's an open-platform bus. Where did it operate from and out of and its history? Yeah, it's it's it's, it's basically... It's, it's it's a part of Dublin, uh, Joe. Um, oh, yeah. It was built in Spa Road uh, in uh, 1960, uh, hand-built, really. The chassis would have come across from the UK and then the body Beautiful. was built in, uh, in Inchy Core. Um, and then it made its way to Rings End Garage, and it was based in Rings End Garage um, for all of its life. And uh, it worked there until 1982. Yeah. And then it went into, uh, there was very few of them um, made their way into preservation, but this one made its way into preservation. Um, and uh, it had a, a couple of owners. And then uh, a very interesting person, uh, a lot of people would be familiar with, uh, Brendan Grace. Of course, um, yeah. Brendan bought, he bought the bus. Um, and he had us uh, outside his house in, in Sagart, I believe. Okay. Um, and uh, he, he had the intention of, of bringing old folks and that out on day trips. But uh, he, he, there was a bit of work done on it, but that never materialised. And okay. it, uh, it ended up in a, in a shed and it was just stored uh, out of the way. Well, and it was done. kind of decaying little uh, bit by bit. And you've, you um, renovated it? Yes, yeah. Well, um, no, it was funny. Like myself and Brendan would have... We, we, we would have chatted a few times uh, about mm-hmm. the bus and we had a, a common interest so um, he, he, the, the bus was moved on to myself and then over a number of years um, it was completely renovated um, and it was wonderful that we had um, one of the, the, the guys who would have worked in Sparrow wow. um, and all the coach building skills um, yeah, John Wheatley yeah. is, was involved in, uh, in the, the full restoration of it and um, it was just it was it, like those times when the, when the restoration was on the way. You were looking at it, going, "Jesus, um, what have I taken on here?" Um, oh. But it was it was wonderful because it was you were, you were seeing um, some of the coach builders would have put their names and dates ah. on panels that would have been replaced before. So yeah. you would have seen these guys' names, who I'm sure were putting it on, saying, "I wonder will this ever be seen again?" And seeing their names, it was it was lovely to see it. Um, but now completely renovated and uh, back to its uh, well done. Where, it, that, its when do you? By the way, is is there power steering in it? Absolutely not, no. Oh, good um, luck. Should that have, that have uh, pulled the arms off you? 
Yeah, it's like everything else. It's it's, it's easy uh, once you get the knack to it. But um, the the the, the RA type bus is what it's called. Mm. It, it was it would have been a fancy bus because the, the, the it's an R type bus, but the A was automatic. It has has a semi automatic bus, so you're not double clutching um, or anything okay. like that. But it's 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 thirty foot long. It's just under 15 foot high, 8 foot wide, so it's big and you need oh my to God. We be, put up a, be on the we, ball going around. We put, up, we put up a photograph. And by the way, is, is, do you have to get it insured if you're bringing it out to a Oh yeah, no, no, folks. She, uh, she's fully fully insured and, and she's taxed and I'm sure I have to have the, the same licence as a bus airman or a Dublin bus driver going oh. around. Um, and, but it's, it's lovely when it does go out because it's, it's, it's a real sort of a head turner and I'd say it was a very popular bus because it's lovely when you hear the stories because no matter where you go everybody went to school on this bus so you just yeah, let people yeah, you, you, yeah. you don't pull them up because it, people go oh we, 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 we went here we went there and like it, it would have spent a lot of its life on the 50 out of Crumlin um, and then it was on other routes that operated out of um, out of Ring's End and it would have finished up um, as a sort of what you would have called a universal bus which means that it would have operated on mm. all the routes and I grew up in Colester and towards the end of its career it would have um, worked out to Colester so it's it's um, beautiful. It's lovely beautiful. To, to kind of have it back um, with the to, wonderful to the, the wonderful CAE I'm looking at photographs now and we're, we tweet them at, at Joe Liveline or at RT Liveline the beautiful CIE logo, which has simply never been replicated, um, and the, the beautiful, the cream and the navy. I remember seeing my first cream and navy bus uh, in Clattergreen and Ballyfermas, and it was like a, a new world. It was in the 60s, I think they changed it from the dull green. They're, That's back, right, yeah. they're back to dull green again, but... Um, the, the, they're, they were beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And you, you store it indoors. Oh yeah, I oh, know she has to be stored in. She's yeah. uh, she, she's there's, there's a lot of wood in the frame. Um, it's, yeah, okay. it's a composite frame. Well done, so there's, 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 there's a panel what about your other hobby? Uh, I know you've another hobby because I've seen you in photographs driving a steam engine. Well, I wouldn't say driving, but yeah, no, heavily involved. Transport is a thing. Um, well John, done. That, that really it's 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 my pastime. Um, and uh, I grew up um, uh, as I say in Clester, near near the railway, near the, the line to Belfast. Ah. As, as you know, yeah, I'm yeah. a photographer, um, and I got my my. Uh, my my trade from my dad, because um, he was he he was mad into um, cine film, so when he'd go out oh, um, magic, with a cine yeah. camera, he'd give me a, a still camera just to take a photograph. Um, so that's where I got the interest in transport. But well, as things done. went on, I got more interested in the in the workings of uh, and the mechanics of it. So yeah, the 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 RPSI, the Railway Preservation Society of Ireland, um, I'm, I've been involved for oh Jesus. Um, I've, 35, 40 years with them. Um, so people will see actually over the next uh, last weekend, um, this weekend, on the following weekend, um, out the west side of Dublin, they'll see the, the Santa train going out. It's kind of part and parcel of, of Dublin now. Mm-hmm. At Christmas time, uh, it goes yeah, from Dublin course, to Manute. Yeah. There's uh, all, all the children coming out. So it's it's, it's lovely to see all, all the faces and they see, the, they see the real sort of Thomas and real coal and oil and smell and all the rest. Great. Well done, Jerry. And remember, the National, I'm not saying this to you, you know well, Jerry, the National Transport Museum there above and hope they're always looking for more space. And it's a fantastic collection run by volunteers. And there's great uh, websites. You can look up Jerry Mooney and he's on YouTube or you can go on to his Irish commercial vehicles. It's a great hobby. It's a great hobby. Thanks, Jerry. I'll see you soon when you're out working Thanks, in, Joe, in your day job. You. Jerry Mooney, yeah. Joe at RT. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Joe Duffy. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Listening to Victoria there with Brandon last Saturday. Uh, make sure, make sure you get a get a good look at Shane's beautiful funeral today through Dublin and the Gardaí were magnificent as usual. The Artane band, superb. The horse-drawn carriage, Victoria in the car behind and then above all, the reaction of the public to that incredible, incredible national uh, treasure. God rest him as he's buried, uh, as his funeral obsequies begin in uh, 45 minutes time. God rest him. Uh, Joe, Joe, your hobby is chainsaw carving. Tell us. <laughs> tell us. Well, Joe, well, Joe, yeah, yeah, chainsaw carving, yeah. Is it dangerous? Yeah, um, it is dangerous, yeah, but you've got to be careful, don't you? But, um, yeah, I, I enjoy it, yeah, because um, I started there, Jordan, um, around the lockdown there, and um, I went out. My mother had two, man, God rest her soul, she's gone, passed away last March, but she had two tree trunks, stumps, about five, four foot high. Yeah. 
and I went out to cut him down and I said, Jeez, I, I tried and I got a chance off my brother there and he didn't and I carved the face in it. You know the wood spirits, you know, with the beard mm-hmm. and the and so I, I carved them in it and that turned out all right and then then I started carving after that. I got an old log then and carved an owl and yeah, but how? Yeah. Where do you begin? How do you know there's an owl in there? I, Joe, I know people ask me that. My friends ask me that, and they say, "Jesus, I don't know. I just go up to it, and I, I don't, I, I, I don't know. I just get this on. I look, and I say, right, I'm going to do something.' And I well done. Carve it out. Yeah, I don't. I, I had a stump why, there, friend what, of mine. And, yeah, why are you using a chainsaw rather than a chisel or a plane or uh, whatever? Not, well, I no the chainsaw. I don't know. The chainsaw gets it gets the shape out quicker, you know. It gets the yeah, okay. the best part of the shape out quicker, and then I get an angle grinder and sand it down. I get yeah, the chisels in the bits yeah, out then after that. Yeah, thing. but can the chainsaw not knock off the wing that you were, you know, can well, <laughs> do more yeah, damage? Well, I suppose you could start off doing now. You could wind up with a budgie maybe, you know. But okay. you know, <laughs> <laughs> which you had, oh. which Joe, you tell everyone. Sure, that was that's that's that was what I intended doing all along. Yeah, what do you yeah, do? Yeah. What do you do in real life, Joe? I'm a, a, a care worker there. I work in Torres oh, there, brilliant. care worker there, looking after the young and, man there. Yeah. And Joe, have you given these? Have you sold them, or do you give them away as gifts? I, I sold some. I gave away a few. Oh, My sister done. was mad about them. She she take the whole lot, but I I'm going to a market now next uh, in a couple of weeks time. They're on the 16th there, hopefully in Holy Cross. And the most famous market. I'll bring over a few there and hopefully I'll move on a few. Yeah. Glad. And the, the most famous yeah. uh, wood carving is uh, in Ireland. I think now is uh, on the um, James Larkin Road there at the corner of St Anne's Park onto Dollymount Beach. The Tommy oh, yeah. the Tommy Craig tree from from below. Oh, that's unreal, yeah. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. But, but sure, you also got John Hayes then. You know he was on that um, cut above. He was over in America, in Canada cut. You know that okay. kind of rebellion. And is 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 it a popular hobby? Well. In America, I know in England that it is big time. And in Ireland, there's not too many in Ireland. I, okay. know, I know two lads, and I know of two more. Yeah, there's a few around. But you, Christine, uh, I come back to my. Uh, a few guys. How do you how do you make sure it's safe? Obviously, you wear the headgear and the visor and. Well, no, I, I wear the pants. I wear the the the, the flaps. All right, I just wear the chainsaw pants now. You know, the, okay. wearing the headgear and that. No. I, Pair of protective goggles, maybe that's it. Some guys, oh, okay, okay, which are protective. You know what I mean? But okay, yeah. Send us yeah. in, send yeah. us in a few photographs, and we'll tweet them, Joseph. It sounds fantastic. And cool. but, 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 you're, you're, but you're not doing this in the kitchen. <laughs> no, I'm out the back. I'm out the no, back of the man's house there. Yeah, well, I tell you, you wind up with a lot of sawdust now, Joe. Of course you do. You know? Yeah, of course. Yeah, well I'll be done. like a man in the Shawshank Redemption there, trying to get rid of it out of the pocket here and there. You know, that's a great escape. Yeah. Okay, well done, Joe. Joe is much. into uh, um, chainsaw carving, and send us in photographs, <laughs> and we we'll we'll tweet them. Thanks indeed, cool. Joe. Joe at Joe at RT IE. Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. Joe Duffy! Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. People are enthusing about their hobbies. Mary Reardon Feeney, Mary, you uh, make tapestries. What do you love about do. What, what do you love about doing them? I absolutely love them. They're very relaxing. I've been doing them since 1980, and I'd say I've done about 70 to 75 in all those years. Now, there was a time, about 10 years or so, when my children were young, when I wouldn't have had Mm, the time. I've done vintage paintings. Like, the very first one I did was The Boyhood of Raleigh, when he, like, there was a sailor sitting down on the beach, and he was pointing out to the New World and telling Walter Raleigh about the New World. I do a lot of... um, Vintage paintings, you know, like Dutch interior, um, wow. William Morris, by the Strawberry Thief. Strawberry and, Thief by William Morris, bought, I love that painting. And Mary, do you um, do you buy sets? To, or, yeah, you yeah. should buy sets. Now, okay. the thing is, it's very hard to get them now. You have to get them online. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can get them in John Lewis in London or uh, maybe Liberty in London, that shop in London. But I, there was a lovely craft shop in town in Cork. Um, years ago and they had everything like I got ah. one now of a lovely painting of a boy and they're all they're all French I have a lot of hunting scenes I have a lot Beautiful. of I have a big huge one of um, one bringing in the hay but they're all I would have thought they were Victorian but to be honest I think they're more uh, 1700s 
Yeah. I know Beautiful. by the style of the people. And what do, what, do you, what do you love about ta- doing tapestries? Oh, very relaxing. Okay. Very relaxing. I mean, when I was in hospital twice with my children during pregnancy, just for a week or so, I was doing all the tapestries. Now, um, while resting, you know, I do them yeah. watching television because you can't sometimes watch television and just watch what's on the whole time. You could actually half watch the television and half do the tapestries as well. Beautiful. And I get them framed. I get them framed. They have to be stretched. And one thing about it is very funny because I'm very short-sighted. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I'm so, so short-sighted means that I can actually see the colours better. Like two greens would be very different. You know, you think they're very different. You think, God, they're the same, but they're not. And if you put them in the, in the natural light, um, you see them better. You okay. see the colours yeah. better in yeah. the natural Beautiful. light. And I'm so short-sighted, I put it actually up to my nose nearly, and I can do it better. And can, well, did you say you watch television? How can you watch television while you're doing a tapestry? Well, if you we say you're watching Judge Judy or something, and you're you're not yeah. particularly ah, interested, yeah. you know, yeah. in the background. Yeah. And what about you radio? Can, can you listen to radio? Oh, yes. yes, I'm always doing tapestries. Yeah, okay, to I might, own, I might try and present the radio program when I'm doing a tapestry. Yeah, yeah, you try that. Very relaxing. <laughs> I love the colours, and I've seen, I've seen, uh, there's a couple of Christmas tapestries I've seen. They're absolutely gorgeous. They oh, are. They are work of art. And where are your seventy-five tapestries, Mary? Reed and well, Feeney? when I tell you about that, now I have given away about, I'd say half of them. Yeah. Presents, we'll say well done, weddings, yeah. birthdays, whatever. What a beautiful you know, present! Yeah. If, if I was visiting somebody, you'd give them a, a tapestry yeah. as a present. I have two. The, uh, the rest are on the walls. Okay. But the trouble is, I'm out of walls. And the rest are in the wardrobe. So I haven't enough walls to put them up. I have two okay. in the kitchen. Which, I mean, people don't think of tapestries in the kitchen, really. Two women sewing, like myself. And I have one in the bathroom. Magic. Which Magic. Have a Magic. seaside scene. Okay, clean, but, you, you know? but you say there's loads. It's very peaceful, very mindful. You go into a different world, but you can listen to radio or watch oh, television, can. depending. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. Well, well, well I'm used to doing them. You see, I don't, and I like to do a picture that means something to me, preferably yeah. with a dog in it. Or there was one; uh-huh. they're all French. A lot of them are French. And I took one with a boy walking to school because my father would have walked to school. You kind of think, why do I think that France is the world capital of town? Well, I the Bay you tapestries, obviously. I but, think so too, but yeah. um, I think it is. You know, a lot of them are French, like Royal Paris. Now, I did a lot of Penelope vintage ones. Um, I couldn't imagine they're Sounds part of my beautiful. past. You know? And how long would it take you to do one? You know, an average size one. Well, it depends how much time you're going to give to us, that sort of thing. Yeah. If you're in a lot, I'm not the best outdoor person in the world. I mean, it could take two months, maybe. Okay. Depends on the size. Like, some of them are four foot by two feet. Another one is more uh-huh. or smaller. And yeah. at the moment, I'm looking at one here oh, with a Jacobean fire screen, you know. But they're all, like, uh, there wouldn't be any painting I would have done um, that wasn't in the, okay. that was in the 20th century. They're all old. Uh, okay, Mary, that's Mary Reardon Feeney. All details we put up uh, into tapestry. Sean Dunn. Sean, what is your hobby? I have things. Mine, uh, I do plain spot and I do. Oh, okay. What what do people, it's big, big hobby, what do people love about plain spotting? Um, What's the kick? Not really. Sorry? What's the kick out of it? Tell us the buzz. Um, not really specific about it. Um, it's just always interesting to me how such big tubes still get into the sky the way it does. Yeah. Um, and then the te- technology behind it um, just doesn't get into the sky by itself. The technology course, yeah. that helps to get up. And then... And when you when you say plane spotting, you do keep a record, do you, Sean, of what you see? Uh, take photos, I would. And yeah, then okay. I'd look back on that. And how many photographs do you have now of planes, of different planes? More than probably five, ten thousand. What? <laughs> <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. And where do you go plane spotting? To, uh, the airport, obviously. Yeah, there's um, on the south perimeter road of the airport, there's a little hill there. It has the nickname yeah. the Mount and them. Um, there would be loads of people hanging around there. Yeah, and there's a bit of camaraderie. Do you talk to each other? And ah, yeah, we'd always yeah. be talking. Yeah, great. And come here. And have you been up in Dublin Airport recently, Sean? Uh, have I been up recently? Yeah. Like, what's the, have you seen any unusual planes? Apparently, there was a very unusual plane that came from Cincinnati Zoo. Uh, yes, there was a, a seven four seven in recently, which um, is a type of plane that has a second level to it. And um, it was in recently bringing four elephants from Dublin to Cincinnati Zoo. It was bringing elephants from Dublin? 
Yeah, and it was heading over to Cincinnati as part of um, Dublin Zoo's elephant breeding programme. Oh, fantastic. So, so elephants did fly? Yeah. Elephants, well done, OK. So if you want to take up planes, well, first of all, you go online. There's loads of stuff online about plane spotting. As uh, Sean said, he's countless thousands of photographs, which is which is a fantastic collection. And then Dublin Airport. Did Dublin, did the DAA, Dublin, did they facilitate plane spotters? Uh, not really at the moment, but they have made plans recently to um, update the mound, which is the hill next to the airport. They post that recently on Twitter. Okay. Well, hopefully, because it's a very, it's a very uh, uh, tranquil and... Uh, Obsessive, I suspect, in a good way. Uh, uh, hobby. Well done, Sean Dunn. Plane spotting. Garold Kelly. Garold, what's your, what's your hobby? Yeah, so I think my hobby is where we like sending vaguely addressed letters to uh, one of my friends and vaguely addressed Christmas cards. Okay, you have to explain that now. Vaguely addressed. So, you, so you 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 look at you get an address and you make up puzzles. For the postman yeah. or woman? Yeah, for the postman. So, yeah, so it is, it's, yeah, a puzzle for the postman. So we don't put the name of the person we're sending it to. Okay. We don't really put the full address ranting on it. But, like, nine times out of ten, the postman will deliver it. And who, well, give me an example of a puzzle that you'd write on the front of an envelope. Um, so, yeah, so I think one of the ones I might have done in the past few years was describing the general area, um, naming the cat's name and... Um, Saying that there is a flagpole outside the house, and that the post, uh, the post uh, man or woman has to work out. Yeah. Well, how do you know? They, that, how do you know they wouldn't be up to their eyes and they just throw it in the bin? Well, they've always like um, they've probably delivered nine out of the ten of them that we've tried. Um, so it can normally be a phone call to home, like to my parents' house, asking is this for the road, or you know, vice okay. versa. Someone will knock in and say. Is this is this for Garoud again? And where did you come up with this idea as a hobby? Where did you the putting a puzzle? Ba- you don't put the address. You 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 construct a puzzle for the front of the envelope that if it's if it's unravelled properly will give you the address. Where did you come up with the idea, Garoud? Speak freely. Um, it was inspired by um, there was one there for Fallon Donegal a couple of years ago, um, where there was kind of a bit of a puzzle. So we said that we give it a go. Okay. Um, so I think the big thing is, is the majority of these have actually came from Australia. So Tony, who sends them, sends them from Australia, and they always make it like to the village in Fico in Clare. Okay. So it's well not done. just we're well sending done. it from Dublin, yeah. or that we're sending it from Minnesota, Fico. Like the majority of them are coming from Australia. Yeah. Okay. 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 Well done, Garoud. All the information going up. God, we're 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 inundated with incredible, uh, fascinating hobbies. By the way, Little Live Line is on on Christmas week. If you are uh, a younger person, we did it last year to great effect and the previous year. And you want to contribute, you want to review a book, you want to tell us about your hobby, but you have to be a younger person, or you want to sing a song, or you want to tell us about your favourite topic. Uh, will you email us joe at rte.ie or you can WhatsApp or video us on 087 Ashton Crawford was in sound, Shane Galvin is research, she's producer at Net Egan. And coming up after three o'clock, a fantastic show, I'm told, live from the Bedford Hall in Dublin Castle with the wonderful Ray Darcy. 0818 715 815 stays open until 3.15pm or email joe at rte.ie.